Hola, soy Miguel Matos Gonzalez coming to you on Firme, the personal podcast talking about arts, culture, what it's like to be Chicano in a in a white centered town, man. Yeah. There are lots and lots of things going on right now all over the place. You know, in eastern Washington, of course, you know, they have their their Floyd marches that are going on and um, yeah things things do tend to get out of hand and it's it's an unfortunate situation you know people that you see on social media making comments about oh well you know they're terrorists oh it's planned oh this you know all this stuff that they think they know about but when you're not a person of color and when you're not exposed to and have an open mind to the lifestyles of people of color then that's where you being in that little bubble really shows and you know it's it it can lead to emotions that can be charged and lead to physical actions. That is why the whole, you know, rioting and the, the whole looting and all that, that's, that's where it becomes, it becomes a statement of not, I'm here to steal, but, you know, damn it, what do I have to do to get you to listen to me? what I need to say. How can I get it through your thick skull? <laughs> the kind of comment, that kind of that kind of mentality that it's it's you know it's a beating your head against a wall kind of thing and all you ever do is just end up bloody. And um, yeah it's it's really sad that socially we as a people that we're not willing to put our, our personal differences aside so easily and just listen to somebody, just hear somebody, you know, you don't have to agree with them, you don't have to love them, you don't have to, to be friends with them, but you should just treat them like people, and it goes both ways, not just white people towards people of color, color towards white people, that mutual respect, that mutual acceptance of, okay, okay, this is where we are today, where do we want to be tomorrow, yeah, that's something I see happening all across the world right now, a lot of conflict, and it, it really makes me go back to the conflict I see culturally as a Chicano, not just in the Pacific Northwest, not just towards being in in a white-centered space, no, but amongst my own gente, that's right, Chicanoism, Latinidad, being Mexicano, Americano, you've got 
culture, a different upbringing, different traditions, different heritage than you would if you were Puerto Rican or from El Salvador, Guatemala, Colombia. Yes, we speak Spanish. We may all have a similar, you know, physical characteristics. Our Spanish is a lot alike. We make similar types of food. Our textiles and our clothing, our heritage, it's similar, but it's not precisely the same. And I've noticed how I've seen on, on social media where people talk about, you know, brown pride, black pride. And people were asking, is this, am I being racist by saying brown pride, black pride, am I? And, well, I don't know. What do you think? Is it? I mean, we, as a Spanish-speaking community, as gente, as I will just simply say gente, we have all experienced our own prejudices coming towards us from outside communities and also amongst our own family, our own neighborhood, our own gente. You know, it makes me think of my parents' generation and how I remember, you know, growing up as a little kid, I had a friend that was like me, Mexican and American, spoke predominantly English, and he could come over to my house whenever, and vice versa, I could go visit him at his house, you know, whenever, and then I had another friend, he was not Mexican, American, but he was Mexican, African, or as it's commonly known now, Afro-Latino, and I, he couldn't come over to my house, I couldn't go over to his house, and I never really realized why, I asked my parents why, and they never really told me why, but as I grew up, I learned by listening to my parents, by hearing more of how they reacted to things and just observing. And I learned that, wow, when you have darker skin, you're just automatically put on a bad list. You're automatically not trusted. You're automatically put in a class that you wouldn't want to associate with. I'll be honest, that was then. Today, they're not like that. They are nowhere near that. They haven't been that for years. But when I was a child, okay, 70s and 80s, yeah, that's what they were then. But then again, I realized, you know what? My parents, they also didn't embrace their Latinidad 
before I was born. So even before that, 50s, you know, the 40s, in the 30s growing up in school, they were in a way assimilated thinking they have to be more white. They have to put away the Spanish. They have to assimilate to be accepted. And that's what they knew up until around the 60s, 70s. And after that, they embraced their Chicanoism. And they no longer had a white image of themselves. They changed. Because you know what? People can change. If first you identify what needs to change. And then you need to see and, and admit it would be beneficial for me to change because finish that sentence and then you make the, that, that conscious effort to make a change in your life somehow and it could be not just in terms of, of identity or race it can be in anything in your artwork and how you approach creativity, how you incorporate it with your culture, how you incorporate it with your life, your family, how, you know, you, you, you change your, your mindset, your attitude, how you change your diet, how you change your lifestyle of, of living amongst a community, you, you know, or, or move away from a community that maybe talks about, I don't know, it's different, it's change. But the thing is, you got to identify it first. And then you've got to make a conscious effort to admit it to yourself. And then you need to actually attempt that change. You need to try. And then once you, you see the results, and you understand, wow, okay, I can step back now, and I can look at this, I can look at myself, I can look at my art, I can look at my... my, my community and I'm, I'm stepping back I'm not looking through my eyes anymore I'm looking through the eyes of an honest person that is yes, that is going to judge myself have I changed what have I changed, am I changed you know, and then is this change what I want does this change what other people want there's a whole battle of wants and needs what I want to be and what I need to be so that's where that's where I am in my artwork what I want to create versus what I need to create and what I actually end up creating as a result of that and finding that balance all that is a part of, of my self identity as being Mexican and being American, being bicultural, being bilingual, being biliterate. All of those, those factors, all of those make a difference in that final outcome. And how you're exposed to them, how you, how you understand them, plays a major role how you express them. So when I came up here to the Pacific,
Pacific Northwest and I could see the language loss. I could see the cultural and the heritage loss. I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? Are these people at the same stage that Mexican Americans were in the 1920s, 1930s in San Antonio? Is my gente here in the Pacific Northwest, are they this far behind in the evolution of their Latinidad? Of their own self-identity? I don't know. For some, yes. Others, I don't know. But that's one of the things that inspired me to develop LTNX Artes. To develop a community of Latinidad based from the Pacific Northwest. Doesn't just mean it's exclusive to Latinos, Latinas, and Latinx creatives only in the Pacific Northwest. No, it's open to all Latinos, Latinas, and Latinx people. Yeah, all with that heritage. And it's okay, you know, it's okay to, to open up to a larger, greater community because. All you're gonna do is grow. All you're gonna do is learn more. And you may just teach somebody something and they will learn more and they'll grow in their Latinidad. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how, how these riots and, and these protests and these peaceful marches, the way they're evolving right now, you know, it's, it's really difficult to explain where you're coming from, where you've been. It's, it's not easy to when the person you're explaining it to doesn't want to see it. They don't want to acknowledge it. And they simply come back at you and say, no, you're the racist. You're the problem. All this is your fault. It's your people's fault. Your community's fault. Yeah, it's it's the fault of black people. It's the fault of brown people. Yeah, it's their problem. And they're they're spilling that their problems onto our white community. Yeah, that's some of the things that I'm reading out there today. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. You know, when you have to project other these issues onto other people that you don't even know that you can't even relate to who where how does this even make sense yeah it's it's really something else and it, it, you know this identity this self identity can be very confusing at times and to be able to try and explain it somebody that's never experienced it, they don't know it, they never seen it, that's even more difficult, you know, and that, that is where social media discussions, that's where face-to-face -face discussions, that's where peaceful protests can lead to the physical outbursts that we're having today.
start peaceful with hope and in good faith and compassion. But then when people of color that have been oppressed for generations are being told, no, you don't have a voice here. No, no, you're wrong. No, you're the problem. Well, how do you think it's going to make them feel? They're not going to be joyed by it. They're not going to accept it and just roll over and think, oh, yeah, you're white. You're right. You know. You get it. I'm wrong. No. No. People of color have learned too much about their history. They've learned too much about their heritage. And they have become more educated and they have become more confident in the sense that they know that they're entitled to a voice. Because you know what? They are people. They do exist. They have communities. They're entitled to have their own safe space just like anybody else does. And because of that, back last year, that's what inspired me to create LTNX Actus. Because yes, the Latino, Latina, and Latinx population here in the Spokane area, they really don't have a voice that breaks out of their community. You know, we have a bilingual newspaper. It's been around for 35, 36 years. Yeah, we've had that here. But if you talk to anybody that's outside of that cultural community, they're like, what? <laughs> they don't, their, their mind is blown. You actually see the dust come out of their ears because they don't believe it. They're like, what are you stalling? No. And I'm like, Simon, fool, we have one. It's been here. You know, I, I didn't even know it existed until I found it like a year or two years later. But it's here. And it's it's focused back to the Spanish-speaking population. It's news. It's information. It's knowledge. But the white community doesn't, doesn't even know it exists. They didn't even know that we have a... Hispanic Business Professionals Association that has a scholarship fund. They raise money to empower Latino, Latina, and Latinx people with education from middle school all the way up through college. They inspire them, they support them, they provide opportunity for, for Latinx, Latino and Latina businesses for Hampton to develop professionally and to educate yeah, the next generation that will come back to the community or go out to the larger community and be that educated individual that will make the community stronger if not here somewhere else and it's okay that's great but yeah a lot of people don't know that exists that organization has been around for 25 years. Yeah. There's so much happening in the Pacific Northwest with my gente that it's very inspiring. 
and I feel there are a lot of changes that are happening right now. There is a Latina on the uh, public school board, yeah. and also a Native American indigenous woman on the school board. That's big for this area.
hurt. Still hurt. But pain is temporary. It will bring about something better. That's my focus. It's bringing about something better than what we got today. Tomorrow's a better day. And that I'm about to step into the studio about to get to work on a new series of art, something that came up inspired by a post of a friend of mine on Facebook and um, yeah, it's going to be interesting it's going to be something else, it's going to be a new take on the visual concept colorism and that's something that I have had in my artwork from day one color is so critical to the expression and the message that I have in my work it's not just the skin color it's the color of the image itself and color has a great meaning in your artwork it can and that's just one of the, the components of the work that I do as a Chicano artist that I feel is so critical. And um, that's one of the, the challenges that I have being here in the Pacific Northwest is people being able to understand the meaning of this color and to be able to understand the meaning of, of drawing people of color and putting them locations that otherwise people would see and acknowledge around town but you know you know there's there's a lot to be had in art and expression and how that ties in with culture so yeah I'm about I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and step into the studio and get to work on some new new pieces tonight so, as I get things set up here, I say thank you for listening in. Thanks for following. I appreciate you. When I hint it, that inspires me. I know you will. So, uh, 